everyone. Welcome back to Around the Table, the podcast for redemption women in Tempe, Arizona. My name is Caitlin Anderson, and today I'm at the table with some familiar voices, Dina and Lori. Dina and Lori, thank you so much for being here today on our last podcast of the season. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It went so fast. Yeah, it's good to be here. It did go so fast, right? Yeah. I learned so much, though. I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. So today we're talking about what's next. So if you've been following along in our podcast, we just finished up our nine-week study on prayer, uh, going through our journal, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And we've all been shaped so much by prayer this season that we wanted to do a podcast at the end about things that we've learned, tools that we've put in place that we want to continue on, and then just sharing some of our favorite books or theologians that have really shaped our prayer lives as well. So this is our What's Next podcast. Um, So I'm excited. We were talking before this about some of the things that shaped us on prayer uh, during this season. And I can't wait for you guys to share some of the things that you shared with me. Uh, Dina, what has shaped you the most this season? Yeah, I think the most consistent thing for me has been praying out loud ancient prayers. Mm. I know Ricardo talked about just the connection that ancient prayers are giving him this season with the church at large and the historical church. Um, But I feel like in addition to that connection, the ancient prayers are sh- are changing my faith. They're shaping mm. the way I pray and growing my faith in a, in a way that I wouldn't have expected and doing it out loud. I've been praying out loud. Mm. So if ancient prayers are shaping your faith, faith, what ancient prayers have really been life-giving to you this season? Yeah. So surprisingly for me, the Lord's Prayer, which huh. I'm so familiar with, I feel like it keeps it keeps bringing bringing new ideas and new thoughts, fresh ideas to me. Um, just the way the language, um, your will be done today on earth as it is in heaven, that encapsulates everything I'm praying about. When I whether I'm praying for somebody sick or for a child who's doing a test at school or whatever, the the ministry of redemption women. God, will your will will you make it so your will is done today on earth as it is in heaven? It's everything that I want to pray about. And I just yeah. I've just really been shaped by the words that Jesus taught us to pray. So I would say that's one of the ancient prayers that's really shaping me. Mm, I love that. You know, Tim Keller has one time I saw this sermon that he gave to uh, pastors at a conference on the Lord's Prayer, and he started with, "You, I know you guys are pastors, and you probably know the Lord's Prayer by heart, and you've read it a million times, but the problem is then you read it, and you kind of brush it off, and you move on to some, the next thing, mm-hmm. but he spent this whole hour or two hours just breaking down the Lord's Prayer because it is something, if you've been a Christian for a long time and you haven't memorized, that you, you tend to miss it yeah. because it's too familiar almost exactly or the part forgive us our sins as we forgive those who who sin against us Mm -hmm. I feel like it's changing how I respond just to people who bug me (laughs) like am I living with forgiveness Mm. because that's one of the things I'm called to do I'm going to be forgiven as I forgive those who bug me (laughs) you know so it's been really good for me. It's really shaped me. You know, it's making me think I have a three-year-old. That'd be a good practice this summer is to teach <laughs> her the Lord's Prayer. 
yeah. I, oh, you know, yeah. I need to just spend idea. some time. She'd, she'd learn that quickly. She would. She I'd would love to hear learn. her say it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If I teach her, <laughs> I'll share with you guys her cute little voice saying it. Yeah, bring her on the podcast. Oh, so fun. I don't know if the world's ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then one of the other ancient prayer practices that I've used is using the Book of Common Prayer. Um, I was uh, inspired by a novel series that I read a few years ago. Um, the people in that not in those novels prayed from the Book of Common Prayer, and I didn't know where their prayers were coming from, but I was so intrigued by the language and so drawn to it. And so I've been using the Book of Common Prayer for a while, but very consistently this season have been praying those prayers out loud. Mm -hmm. And I just love the language of it. Um, my husband and I are praying some of those prayers, especially at night and on certain days in the the church calendar. And it's given us a rhythm to our sort of chaotic life that's been very life-giving and very centering. So, yeah, I would say ancient prayers have really impacted me. Mm. That's really neat. That's great. Lori, what has shaped you the most this season? Um, you know, I've spoken about it before, but it's worth saying again, the consistency for me has been big. Um, carving out more time than I was carving out before. And I, like Dina, have have used the Book of Common Prayer. That's part of my morning routine. Hmm. And also with that is the posture that I use. Um, I'm on my knees. I have open palms. It's a more open um, prayer time. And I have my window open because I can have it open right now in the mornings. <laughs> and I can hear the birds singing. And all of that just, that sounds like Jesus to me nature mm. and just imagining they're singing a song to their creator mm. um so that and i even made a a worship song list out of just my songs on my my phone and every once in a while i'll pray, play that in the background just some of the more worshipful music and and that becomes part of my my practice mm. i love the posture of prayer i think Dina, you talked to us at the prayer seminar last season when we were going through James about how you were looking through the Bible and found that people only folded their hands. Was it when they were referring, or they only talked about the folding of hands in the Bible when referring to fools? Yeah, there's not. The posture of prayer in the Bible is always with open hands, our hands lifted up. I, I kind of think the folding your hands thing started with kids in Sunday school who were messing around when people were praying and so we learned to fold our hands so that we wouldn't bug people or get distracted mm -hmm. but um, the posture of prayer all throughout the Old and New Testament people are lifting up their hands so mm -hmm. and it does it actually opens I think it's not so much our posture but how it opens our hearts or when we get on our knees it's it symbolizes the posture of our heart, mm -hmm. of reverence and awe. Um, so yeah, in the open hands, the the posture of being willing to receive mm -hmm. and to give everything over to God. Yeah, that posture has really changed me as well, Lori. I always pray ever since you shared that with me, Dina, that you discovered that as you uh, searched the Bible, that I always pray with my hands open. And for me, it's almost like, being a willingness to receive whatever God has for me that day. And it really does, it changes my heart. Towards yeah. it. I think they're all great practices. What about mm -hmm. you, Caitlin? What, what are you, what's shaped you? I think what really shaped me this study is uh, as we put together this study, how I came before God 
it, I, how I came to know God became so different. I feel like I was a faithful prayer before that, and I saw God answer prayers like crazy in my life. And so I prayed a lot, but my prayers were a lot of asking. And as we put together this prayer journal and continued going through the study together with my ID group, God really became a friend. He became just this amazing person that I get to just sit in his presence with. And it leaves me in awe as I sit next to the holiest of holies, the God above us all sitting on his throne. But yet he knows me so well and he's my best friend. And that has really changed my prayers. Yes, I still have things that I bring before him and I ask him for, and I still see him answering these prayers, but my time in prayer is so much just spent in his presence and talking with him as I would sit across the table having coffee with a friend. Mm. That's so good. So that has really shaped me this season. I know that all of us have put in some practices in place this season too that we're going to continue on. Lori, what are some of the practices that you've put in place this season? Well, something that I really enjoyed from our prayer journal was the journaling part of it, um, where we had a prompt that Mm -hmm. would say, now, you know, write out a prayer of Thanksgiving using the words or the language of Psalms, or write out a prayer of confession Mm -hmm. when we did that week. And I think those are just great because it's, you've studied it, now how do you apply that and how, how do you apply it to your prayer life? So I really enjoyed that, and I want to try to continue that. I just was hoping maybe you guys would text me a question every day that I could <laughs> ask myself as I journal. I'm not overly creative, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then also I want to continue to pray with others. We talked about going deeper in community with our ID groups. Um, and in my group, we said, you know, when you're praying out loud for someone, you're using language that might be a little bit awkward otherwise. Um, And it just is much more intimate to say, to take your friend or your sister, whoever, before God and and ask uh, or thank him for them or whatever the the thing you're praying. I want to continue that. I want to continue to pray um, out loud with the other person, not just saying, I'm praying for you. Mm. That's so good. I love, too, the uh, prayer journaling part and the community part. And I was thinking as you were talking that that shaped me so much, too, looking up those references and then having that prayer prompt and being able to use the language of Scripture in that prayer prompt. And I wonder, because it's nine weeks of different prayers, I'm kind of thinking that this summer I want to go back and just do the thanksgiving and then the lament and all the other prayers that we did using those prompts yeah because that word work every week oh good i don't have to create yeah new ones. <laughs> and if i think of a new one i'll send that to you okay thank you <laughs> dina the thing that shaped you the most kind of makes me laugh when i think or the practice that you want to put in place makes me laugh when i think about it because six months ago we talked about this practice of prayer journaling And you said, oh, I'm not a journaler. That just seems so hard to me. But yet that's the thing that you're thinking you can't wait to continue on. Will you talk just a little bit about prayer journaling? Yeah, and it's not even so much journaling my prayers, although that is certainly part of it, Mm -hmm. but just keeping a prayer journal. If you look at my desk, I have so many beautiful journals, either gifts or things that I've purchased, and I've thought I'm going to keep a journal. And I write for like 
maybe two days and the rest of my journals are all blank because I'm not very good at the consistency of keeping a journal. But the prayer journals that we started this season with this study, I feel like it's just so dynamic. There's so many different things that I can write about and I have different tabs. So some of it will be prayer journaling, but then I have other tabs that I I feel like I'm just going to keep using it. It's just, it feels more like a perpetual growth um, journal than something that I have to be committed to writing the same kind of thing every day. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. For someone practical who's listening, because I always love the practical and thinks, oh, that's a good idea, but where do I start? Can you talk just a little bit about the practicalness of what does your journal look like? Is it spiral bound? What do your tabs oh, say? Yeah. And yeah, for sure. So this is crazy. Um, I went to like a Staples or an, an office supply store and I happened to get a journal that is a, it's in the Martha Stewart line. Mm. And the thing that I love about it is that the pages, it looks like a spiral notebook kind of, there's little rings, but the pages and the tabs are all movable. So if I end up getting, you know, to all my pages filled up under one tab, I can take pages from another place and stick them mm. in there, it moves around. And I have different tabs. I have one for listening prayer. So times that I've done listening prayer and God has spoken to me, I write about that. I have a tab for praying scripture. So even as I'm reading my Bible, if I find a prayer that I, um, or some words in scripture that I want to remember, I put that in the prayer in the praying scripture tab. Mm. And I have um, prayer quotes from different books or different authors that I've read that have really inspired me. Um, prayers from the Book of Common Prayer, my favorite, which I find ones that I just don't want to forget. I don't want to have to always have my book with me. And so if they're ones that I pray consistently, I have a tab for that, um, a tab for blessings that I've written or that people have written for me. So it's a lot shaped on the things that we've um, learned and put into practice. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have one for remembering God, times that he's been my healer or my prov provider and so I just keep those lists. And yeah, I feel like more than just a, a diary journal, it's a journal of my life of prayer. And so that's, I, I think I'll be able to keep this one. Mm. Check oh. with me, but I think <laughs> I will. I love that so much. I love that. I think, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think it might have been Tim Keller. I talk a lot about Tim Keller today. <laughs> Tim Keller, who said that prayer is a journey. Mm. And I love that you have, you're going to have this record of your prayer journey. Yeah. That 20 years from now, I hope that I can come to you, Dina, and still see this prayer journal. And I think the way you talk about it, I don't doubt that I will, that it's just a, a, a remembrance of your life with God as you prayed with him, your journey of prayer. I think yeah, that's so beautiful. I hope so. It's fun. How about you? What practices are you going to continue, Caitlin? I think the practice that has really impacted me is just is learning to listen and spending a lot of time listening to God that prayer isn't just coming before him with our shopping list, our grocery list basically of things to ask him for, but it's it's that that petition is part of it, but it's confessing, it's listening. I think I want to spend a lot more time listening and continuing on with that practice. And if anyone else wants to learn more about listening prayer, if you're hearing this and thinking, oh, I don't know much about how to listen, we had a podcast last week that was some excerpts from our gather event where Holly Butler came in 
led us through some listening prayer exercises and talked a little bit about that. So if that kind of sparks up your interest, I would go back and listen to last week's podcast as well, because that has really impacted my prayer life. And as a practice, I hope to, uh, I plan on continuing. And we were just talking about continuing that with our children as well and teaching them to listen to Jesus as well. Yeah. And you know, the feedback that I've gotten from Gather is they wish they had more time with Holly hearing, um, you know, from her and the teaching of that. So maybe there'll be something in the future, but it'll whet your appetite to learn how to just be with Jesus and listen to him. Yeah. I think one of the long-term effects of listening for me has been not just meeting Jesus that one time in listening prayer. Um, I've done it a couple times with Holly, but I remember one time really wanting to meet Jesus at my desk upstairs. It's actually our old dining room table, so it's big, and it just seemed to be full of things that I was not getting to, and it felt chaotic and stressful. And I remember meeting Jesus in that prayer time and him saying, I'll, I'll sit there with you. Yeah. We'll recycle. <laughs> Go get a trash bag. I'm going to help you know what you need to save and what you can get rid of. Um, and that space has become a place for me to continually meet Jesus. So it started with this time of listening prayer, but it's been such a less stressful place for me ever since. Even this year doing our taxes, I wasn't stressed out. Mm-hmm. And I usually am so like, how am I going to get it all done? But I, I just feel like Jesus is in the room with me. And I feel like that practice of listening prayer reminds us of the, the very real presence of Jesus being with us. And it's just been a great practice for me. It's so amazing, isn't it? I love hearing how Jesus meets you, Dina, because when I hear how Jesus meets with all different people and I know how Jesus meets me, it makes me know how known we are by God, Mm -hmm. that he meets us in places, maybe not even the place that we would expect him to meet us, but he knows better. He knows us better than we know ourselves. When we say, when we were at the gather event learning about listening prayer, people at my table said, oh, I thought Jesus was going to meet me here. I thought he was going to meet me here, but he met me in this other place, and I didn't even know how much I needed to meet him in the place that he met me. And that's what listening prayer has been for me, being in a space with someone who fully knows me, fully understands me, and fully loves me. It is the place I crave to be. And I think, Caitlin, that you said those very words at the very beginning of this series when we started this podcast, Mm. that part of prayer is that realization that we're known and how good it has been for us to learn this practice of listening, to reaffirm that it's a place of being known, that God really knows us. Yeah. So the Psalms are one of the places where we look and we see these people praying out, uh, these people that understood that being known, being understood, being loved by God through the face of adversity. And Lori, I know praying the Psalms has had a huge impact in your life. Can you talk a little bit about how the praying of the Psalms has shaped you? I think that's helped me because it's given me language, maybe on a day that I just don't feel like I have the language. Maybe I'm, I'm just not with it that morning, or I'm going through a rough patch having those words from Psalms, like the 23rd Psalm, and then thinking through where Jesus has been my good shepherd and where I've seen him in my day. Um, 
we you heard on a previous podcast where Marnie Goheen talked about Psalm 8 that we've been mem- memorizing this whole season, that she used that for a whole year. I mean, there, it's living and active. It's it's a good word that we can go to every day over and over again. We don't have to feel like it's this weight heaviness that we need to come up with just the right formula of words for Jesus. He's given them to us. He's good. He knows we need that. Mm-hmm. So that, um, and then also John Crawford introduced, um, he's one of the pastors here in Tempe, talked about um, Lectio Divina um, and how to do that practice. And it's in a nutshell, just reading a scripture out loud, just a portion of scripture out loud um, at least three times. And in that, there's a practice where you you recognize if there are any words that jump out at you, that um, tug at your heart, something that you think maybe you're resistant to, and then meditating on those things and, and telling God, praying that. Like maybe that concept is just hard for me and I don't understand that yet. Can you explain that to me or... I don't know, whatever it is that jumps out at you. And then throughout the day, meditating on that. And I think that that would be a great practice um, that I would like to institute for sure um, and go deeper in. And if you want to know more about that, I can share um, the steps, uh, just a simple version of that on one of our social medias. That would be wonderful. I love that you said how the Psalms and this practice gives words when you feel like you have none. And for someone who is maybe new to prayer, maybe you're a new Christian and you've never prayed before, or you're in a really difficult situation and you don't even know how to bring it before God, or it's just not something you're used to or comfortable with. God did give us the words. He gave it to us in his word. And praying those, it's different than reading your scripture to study it. When you pray, those words give you prayers to pray to God out loud. And it, uh, it helps bring those words before the Father in prayers and give shape to your own prayers. Yeah, I love that. So I know that all of us have been shaped by a lot of different books and stuff. Have, we have studied prayer throughout the season, putting this journal together for everyone. And I would love just to share some of those ideas as we go through and we look, we have the summer before we jump into the book of Hebrews that we're going to study in the fall. If someone wanted to continue studying prayer this summer, what would be some of the things you would suggest? Well, first of all, I would say go ahead and read Hebrews. We are going to jump more fully into it and the study of it this, um, this fall, but wow, I just can't believe how God led us to Hebrews and prepped us with this season of prayer because so much of Hebrews is about how we are invited to God's throne and drawing near to God. So if you have a chance to read through Hebrews this summer, I totally recommend it. We're excited about our deep dive in the fall, but if you have a chance to read it this summer, that would be amazing. And Psalm 8 in Hebrews too. Right, Psalm 8 is quoted in Hebrews. It's It's so great how God has put it all together for us, I think. And then one of the books that I'm still reading that I started this year, this season, is by, it's a, it's actually not by C.S. Lewis, but it's a book that compiles ideas on prayer by C.S. Lewis. Mm. So he didn't actually write the book about prayer, but it's called um, How to Pray by C.S. Lewis, and it's a compilation of responses to letters that he got about prayer or little pieces from certain books about prayer and things that he learned about talking to God. And it's just, I think he's such 
a brilliant and intriguing author. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm going to try to finish that this summer, and I would really recommend it. I think he has, from what I've read so far, really great insight, and I just really trust him on stuff like that. That's one that I haven't read, Dina, and I'm really excited to pick up and read this summer. Lori, what are some of your favorite prayer books? Um, well, I am I do have that book, and I'm going to read it, too. I'm a little ways into it, but um, I always like to recommend um, A Thousand Gifts by Ann Voskamp, and I've said why, but I'll say once more. It's I was looking for joy, and um, Thanksgiving is the way to joy, and she really does a good job of laying that out, so... Um, and Thanksgiving is a big part of my prayer life. So I would recommend that book for that reason. And then I would recommend, um, if you haven't already, do some of the other Redemption Women journals uh, from our previous seasons. We have journals on Colossians, Genesis, and James, and they're all you know great. It doesn't matter that they're from a year ago or six months ago. And we have those. Um, you just need to email me and I can get them to you. What can they, what's the email address they can email you at? The best way to get me is Tempe underscore women at redemptionaz.com. And if you didn't write that, um, you can just look on our website or the app under Redemption Women, and that will have the email address. That's great. And if someone's listening from out of town and wants to get one, do we ship them? Hmm. Good question, Caitlin. I don't know. <laughs> if you want one from out of town, you email me and we'll figure something out. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Well, for me, you guys know I love to study prayer, and I always love Andrew Murray. You guys are probably so tired of hearing me talk about him, but his writings on prayer really have shaped my prayers so much. But if this is your first book on prayer, Andrew Murray is not where I would recommend you start. He's great, and anything he's written on prayer is a good read. Uh, But really, the first book I would recommend is Tim Keller's book on prayer. And what I love about his book is it's not Tim Keller's commentary on prayer. It's not all of Tim Keller's thoughts on prayer. It's a book that's mostly a compilation of some of the great theologians' thoughts on prayers and what they said on what Martin Luther said and John Calvin and C.S. Lewis has sprinkled all throughout his book. And he just kind of put all these thoughts and ideas in one book. And then he has a chapter at the end that's, okay, so this is what everybody said, and now this is what my prayer life looks like. But he even says, my prayer life isn't going to look like yours because we're different people. But this is what works for me if you need some practical. But it's just a really great place to start if you've never read anything on prayer because it puts it all in one place for you. And it's a really good book. That's great. Thanks. Well, we've always tried this season to end our podcast with a favorite prayer story. And I think, Lori, you and I have gotten to share one. But I don't remember, Caitlin, if you have. If you have, I always love your prayer stories anyways. (laughs) So I was hoping that you could um, close this season with a favorite prayer story. Sure, I'd love to. We were uh, talking about some of my prayer stories earlier, and I realized maybe I need to come up with some different names for them because I have an orange juice and ham prayer story, a banana prayer story, a goat prayer story. Um, And if you want to hear all of those, you can come ask me. Uh, But I think the one that I'm going to share with you guys today is my goat prayer story. (laughs) And it's one I shared at our prayer seminar when we were doing the study of James. Um, but it's one of my favorites. And so I was with my kids one day. We were visiting my family in California. And I have four kids. And 
my mom took us to this dairy farm and we were going to feed the goats and we got some goat food and we were walking up and all my kids were going and feeding the goats and I realized that my at the time five-year-old Josie wasn't feeding the goats and you know I went over and talked to her and she was really afraid of feeding the goats and I could see and hear from her that she really wanted to feed the goats but she just couldn't she was so afraid to feed these goats and so I spent this time with her trying to encourage her and say Josie you're so brave you can do this being brave is doing things even when you feel afraid and pulling out all my little my best mom sayings so that to help her feed the goats because I could see how badly she wanted to and it was kind of coming to the time that we needed to go she was and I knew she was going to miss out on feeding the goats if she didn't do it right then and I knew if we drove away, drove away without her feeding the goats, that she was going to feel like she failed mm. because she wanted to do this so badly. And I prayed for her and I prayed with her and we couldn't get her to feed the goats. And God gave me a scripture that I've been saying since I was a little girl in my mind. And I finally just grabbed her and I said, Josie, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it was like magic. She just instantly walked up and put out her hands and fed the goats. And I'm getting chills just saying this because I saw the hand of God on her as I prayed those words from scripture over her. She, he just led her to the goats and she fed him and she was so proud and I love that story because that was one of the first moments that God taught me how important praying scripture over others and praying scripture in our own life is. And knowing scripture, that mm. you knew that verse that you could bring that up. That's, that's why it's important for us to memorize scripture. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so good. I love that story. You can tell us that one all the time. <laughs> and I don't think you have to change the titles. I love that's the goat story (laughs) (laughs) it's my goat story Uh, well it's been such a privilege gathering around the table with you women this season I'm so sad to be done with this study but we will be back throughout the summer with a sprinkling of some podcasts so Dina do you want to share some of the podcasts we have planned for the summer yes we'll probably be a little bit less frequent maybe every other week throughout the summer but we have some guests that are going to talk to us about music and how prayer and music are often the same language and how we can incorporate music into prayer. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to try to talk about teaching children to pray and um, praying with children. Um, We have a couple of friends that I think will come to share about what it's been like for them to get up early in the morning and pray together um, over their day and how they've built a relationship and a community just praying with friends um, and then would also love to invite any of you listeners if God has changed you through prayer or if you have a prayer story that you would like to share would love for either to either have you email that in or to have you come and join us at our podcast table um, we are encouraged to pray when we hear how God is moving through each of you in your prayer lives. So, Lori, if anyone wants to join us, can you give us some information about how they can connect? Yeah. Um, again, that email is tempe underscore women at redemptionaz.com. 
and you can always find us on the website and the app. That's probably the easiest way. And if you feel a little inkling right now, like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I would say send it in. I am so shaped and encouraged by just some of the prior stories that I know you women have already shared with us this season. And I would love to hear how prayer has shaped your lives. So send it in. You don't have to be on the podcast if that's not something you're comfortable with, but we would love to hear your story. So please send those in. Well, ladies, it has been such a privilege gathering around the podcast table with you guys today, and I look forward to meeting with you all again this summer as we gather around the podcast table, immerse ourselves in scripture, and disciple one another toward Jesus. Mm -hmm.